Welcome back to another edition of the On the Board Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Will Cherucci, a.k.a. We'll see. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. Um, Friday, March 17, 2023. Lots to talk about today. Uh, obviously, you got the Islanders going on, and they're out on their California trip. They've split the Los Angeles-Anaheim back-to-back, uh, winning in Anaheim and then losing in Los Angeles. Telling you, man, they just can't find ways to win games in Los Angeles for sure. But the past couple of years have been pretty successful in Anaheim, no doubt. And now they go up to San Jose, where if you can get two points out of this, again, the Sharks, they're nothing really noteworthy to talk about, but it's still anybody's ball game because it's hockey, right? So there's that. Um, but the Islanders, they're playing well. Uh, Pittsburgh keeps on losing. They got to play the Rangers in a little weird back-to-back, in a sense, where Pittsburgh, all right, you know, they're, they're playing. They have a great offensive team, but their defense is just terrible, and the Rangers are missing out on, you know, guys like Keandre Miller and, uh, you know, Ryan Lindgren. But it's just been uh, it's been a crazy time here in New York hockey, to say the very least. Oh, yeah, and the Devils keep on winning games, too. So they keep on finding their way. But the playoffs are right around the corner for the Islanders now. They're only 12 games away from the end of the year, and it looks like they are going to be a wild card team. Whether it's one or two, we're going to find out in the wild card. But it should be a very, very interesting uh, time here. And, uh, you know, the whole Aaron Rodgers saga here as well. We'll get into Aaron Rodgers in a little bit. We'll get into even the Yankees as well. And we'll talk about the World Baseball Classic. Uh, with Edwin Diaz going down and what a disaster that is. But uh, yeah, let's just stick to hockey here because if you're an Islander fan right now, you should be very, very happy where you are right now. A little bit nervous because of the fact that it's, you know, they have 78 points and, you know, they're fighting for their playoff lives at this point. And, you know, the only way how how it is is just you got to keep on pushing on. And if you win games, you're going to be right in the middle of it. You're going to be right in the thick of things. And you don't have to worry about what other people or what other teams are doing. And the same things apply, though, still with, with this Islanders team. The power play is atrocious. We kind of know that. Uh, this team keeps on playing without Matthew Barzell. And they keep on winning games, you know, without him or playing without him or in spite of him, you know, in that in that sense. But it's, uh, you know, it's tough. It's really tough to say, but uh, to see where this Islanders team is going to go, because it's only one game at a time with them. And what I will tell you is that, you know, you want to see some of these younger guys step up. You want to see – you're seeing Hudson Fashing step up. That's great. You're seeing a guy like Pierre Engvall step up. Phenomenal. But the younger kids that have been here, and there's only a couple of them on this team, you know, with everybody being older in that sense, like Noah Dobson, you want to see him step up, right, in, in that extent, trying to be more of a defensive-minded defenseman to that extent. He's got to gain some weight, I feel. He's still young enough where he can. 
and I see a lot of people, you know, wanting to say, trade him, trade him, trade him. You know, do you want to do that at that point? Same thing with Sorokin. That's all I've seen on Twitter. Oh, you got to trade Sorokin. He's not going to be, you know, the uh, the franchise in a couple of years. He's going to be older. Let's not worry about that right now, okay? We'll worry about that when that when we have to cross that bridge. But until then, until then, it's playoffs or bust right now. And, yeah, you know what? The likelihood of it is you're going to have to go up against the Bruins or the Hurricanes and have to endure a six-game, seven-game series, depending on what the what the outcome of these games are right now at this point in time and what the Islanders are going to be doing during that point in time. But you have to be sort of somewhat thrilled from the perspective of where this team was back in January as to now they're playing meaningful hockey and they're playing without their best playmaker. They're playing without their best player in Matt Barzell. So you should be thrilled about this. Islander fans should be, they should have their concerns, of course, but having said all this right now, you should be thrilled. You should be hyped up. And with the way how the playoff race is heating up in the NHL, you know, Florida, they won last night by like nine to seven, some crazy score. But I always hear Lou Lamarillo in the back of my head talking about goal differential, you know, playoff teams, how you're not going to win playoff series by like nine to seven or, you know, the shootouts. You want to see the consistent themes of like three to two, three to one, some sort of two to one. These nine to seven games or these seven to five games, they're not going to happen every day. They're not. It's going to be strictly playoff hockey where there's no mistakes going, going in and out. And the way how you're seeing it right now, with the Islanders, they are going to be a team that's going to be a force with when, if and when this team makes it to the playoffs, and if and when they get Matt Barzell back. What a difference maker he would be in that sense. But to look at the next couple of games coming up, I know I said that this is the most important five-game stretch of the year where you got to go up against the Caps, the Kings, the Ducks, the Sharks. This situation right now, where they are, and with other teams losing, like Ottawa losing, Buffalo losing, you know, Florida having to score, you know, crazy amounts of goals in order to be in their games. And then you look at Pittsburgh with their situation right now, defensively speaking, how they keep blowing games. This could be the Islanders' first wild card spot to lose, and they might be playing Carolina. In that first round, but again, games in hand, you know, really play a story here because of the fact that, you know, Pittsburgh still has to play up three more games to hit 70 or two more games to hit 70 at that point in time. And you're looking at other teams as well in that stretch. So if you're an Islander fan, it's their playoff spot to lose at this point. I'm not worried about. Florida, I'm not worried about, you know, Ottawa or Buffalo or Washington because they distanced themselves with winning these games at this point. Yes, it is terrible to say that, well, you know, they could have won against Arizona. They could have won against St. Louis earlier in the year. 
They could have had all these games against these bad teams, but you know what? They played down to their competition. You know what? Sometimes you got to right the ship here, and they found it. So they're right there uh, in the thick of things, and it's their playoff spot to lose at this point in time. And, you know, a lot of things have to happen, too, for these other teams. They got to win games. They got to pray to God the Islanders lose their games. So buckle up, NHL, because the playoffs are coming up. And with the way how these next – I keep on saying these next five games, you look at San Jose, should be two points. But, again, it's always a physical bout at SAP Center between both the Islanders and the Sharks whenever both teams play up there, right? Then you look at Toronto, JT coming home, Butch Goring bobblehead day. Need I say more about that? Uh, Buffalo. Coming in on the Saturday, you got Columbus playing in Columbus. Columbus has been really a spoiler uh, in that regard because they've been scoring a lot of goals. The issue is they just can't play any defense. So there's that. And then, you know, you look at the following week coming up, you got Jersey, you know, the following week on Monday. And then, you know, you got to go up against the – I know I'm probably missing out on a couple teams here uh, – you got to go up against Carolina, Tampa Bay. You got to do that. So, you know, we'll see what happens as the uh, as the playoffs come for the uh, for the Islanders. But you want to see other guys step up too, like Palmieri stepping up, Andrews Lee stepping up. You know, there are guys that are stepping up here for them. So good for them in that sense. And they got to play Washington too in that span. So when they play Jersey at home two weeks from now, you got to go Washington, got to go to Washington. Then you got to play Tampa and Carolina, a little three-game road stretch right there. That might be, I talk about make or break. It's make or break at that time, comma, at that time. So we'll see what happens there. All right, Chirucci with you here on the On the Board Sports Podcast. I'm wearing green. Obviously, it is St. Patrick's Day today, but also a lot of Jet fans, including myself, have been really hyped up on Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers finally came out. Your boy called it on Twitter when it comes to Pat McAfee and Aaron Rodgers. They they work together. They don't need the mainstream media in that sense because they are the mainstream media now at that point. You don't have to really rely on Ian Rappaport or, you know, Adam Schefter or, you know, Josina Anderson now at, at that regard. But when you're looking at all this, when you're really watching all this unfold right now, when was the last time you heard a Jet, when you heard a quarterback or a star player say that they wanted to be a New York Jet, when they wanted to go out there and absolutely play for this franchise? Not a lot. And you can understand why Aaron Rodgers feels that way because of the situation that has happened in Green Bay, how it deteriorated just like that and how, Robert Sala, Woody Johnson, they all pitched. Joe Douglas, they all pitched to him how great it would be to be a Jet in the past couple weekends to Rodgers. And, you know, he said it himself, and it was kind of like a a stark reality. And it was that point of, you know, reality, if you will, of – Rodgers wanting to retire. The guy, he said himself, he was 90% ready to retire. And then the Jets come walking in. You know, the Packers were all, 
done with him at that point, and he's going to be on a revenge tour, like other people have been saying. So if you're a Jet fan right now, you got to be hyped. You got to be thrilled. And not only that, you know, I know what I said earlier on in the year. Number one option for me was Derek Carr, by all accounts, at that point. I've mentioned it on tweets. I've mentioned it on various uh, Instagram posts. You know, you get Derek Carr here. Derek Carr, now with the Saints, get Aaron Rodgers here as a Jet. Get this deal done. And the intention is for him to play as a New York Jet. I'm happy. I'm thrilled about that. Uh, you know, decent quarterback play would have probably led this team to the playoffs last year. I mean, let's be real about that. The offensive line has to work out for them. That's number one for me. That's still a de facto for me is this offensive line play and how they can protect the quarterback and how they could all stay healthy together for a 17-game stretch. Now, I know that's not going to happen, but at that same point in time, they got to play together. And this, this for the fans, this for the franchise, this for the individual player is such a big deal for Aaron Rodgers to be here as a Jet. And look, they signed other guys too going in. They traded for Chuck Clark, the safety. Safety help was desperately needed in the worst way. They just signed an offensive lineman from the commanders, Wes. I don't even know his his last name, but they signed him uh, at that point in time. You know, be here, death piece, maybe fight for a starting position. You got to want to see that. At that point in time, they get, excuse me, they get Alan Lazard. Huge. You get some sort of familiarity here at this point between quarterback and receiver. And you're not really relying on Garrett Wilson all the time. So as a Jet fan, you got to be hyped. You got to be thrilled of the situation here. And is this guaranteed for a playoff spot? I don't know. I don't know the future because anything can happen. Injury can happen to the linemen. You know, football, you know, you could have a quarterback, right? You could have a top five quarterback and then boom, offensive line goes down and you don't have anything a la what happened last year with the Jets. So, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely something to see. And honestly, as a Jet fan, you should be thrilled. You should be hyped about this situation. So, I honestly can't wait for training camp. I can't wait for the draft. I can't wait to see what kind of uh, what kind of draft capital they're going to give up here for him. I don't think it's going to be a first rounder like everybody's saying. And for for people like Mina Kimes to say that, oh, the Packers have leverage. No, I mean look at it like this from this perspective. All right, the Blackhawks thought they had all the leverage with Patrick Kane. What happened there? Patrick Kane only wanted to go to the Rangers. And they got back that return for him. The bottom line is nobody, nobody has leverage except for Rodgers saying that he wants to play for the Jets. So for anybody out there that's saying this team has leverage, that team has leverage, no, 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 no. You just heard it from Aaron Rodgers himself. Get the deal done, Joe. Get it done. Very simple. Very simple. Chirucci with you here on the On the Board Sports Podcast. And finally, let's end up here on baseball. And 
this whole situation right now with the World Baseball Classic, with Edwin Diaz tearing up one of the ligaments in his leg, he's out for the year, six months to eight months is the timetable. So he's going to be back next year. Um, If you're a Met fan, you should be pissed off. If you're a baseball fan watching this right now, you should be pissed off. If you're a, you know, a fan of the World Baseball Classic and you're a fan of baseball in general and you're saying baseball is fun, I haven't had this much fun in a while, I respect that opinion. But when you're looking at it, who's paying the superstars to be here? At the Edwin Diaz's, you know, the Francisco Lindors, the Mike Trouts. It's your MLB team that's paying you to be there. So for everybody out there that's saying, oh, it's a fun time. Look at all the people in the stands. Look at all. You just lost out on a guy that literally fixed himself up last year as to being this sensation. Timmy Trump, we never even heard of Timmy Trumpet. And now the whole social media comes out with the trumpets. He resigns as a med. You didn't you think that it could be any any better. And instead that happens yesterday. You're cheering. You're cheering on a you know in a meaningless game. Meaningless game in reality. It's not like you're winning the Olympics. It's not like you're going out there and playing for, you know, it's it's something that was made for buy baseball to generate money at the end of the day. That's what it is after they lost out in the Olympics. You know, you're not getting, those players aren't getting gold medals. They're getting a trophy that's not even going to have their name engraved on it. They're not getting second place, you know, first place medals to that extent. They're not getting their tro- their names written in, on a trophy. No. Absolutely not. You know, for the people out there that are calling it worthless, whatever, all right, you want to call it worthless? Are the players having fun? Yeah, that's what matters to them. But in all reality, the players that should be playing in this game are the young prospects. And I'm saying this because of the fact that you get to see what the world juniors is like in hockey. How crazy that is. You don't see this in basketball. Football doesn't have this. Baseball, they're trying. But baseball is on the verge of death at this point. And baseball is trying to fix their game. You know, you look at hockey right now. With the way how they have it implemented. With the with the world juniors. That should be the format you had guys that are basically trying to find their way on a major league roster trying to find their way playing some sort of club club ball at that point in time not this shouldn't be for the major league player you want to play get the major get baseball back in the olympics get baseball back in the olympics and play it or play it during a time in which it's not that close to 
spring training. That that's me. That's me. Look at the World Juniors again. The way how they got it, that's the perfect setup right there for a sport. You get the young kids involved. You get them going out there, playing hard, playing for their country. Instead of having guys that are making the millions that should be in spring training right now. It was their choice to play there. And now the owners, the fans, fans of the sport have have to basically, after seeing what happened with Edwin Diaz, gets pushed to the wayside. And it's a huge kick in the balls. It's a real huge kick in the balls. So, you know, it's it's a tough look. I understand that a lot of teams are playing for their for their country. No doubt. But you know what? When you're really looking at it from, from the perspective of, all right, you got the USA, you got Canada, you got, you know, Puerto Rico, the Dominican, you got, you know, the Netherlands playing. But then you get other teams like, you know, like Italy or Israel. You know, you look at some of these interviews, they're not Italian. They may be Italian by a little bit, but they're not actual from Italy. You know, the same thing can be said with, you know, Israel. Some of these guys are married in. They're not actually, you know, Jewish or Israeli. They're just, some of these guys are married in. No disrespect to them, but, you know, again, if you're going to throw something out there and expect something, what are you going to do? You know? Which is why it's so important, even Japan and Korea... You know, those are like hardcore, hardcore baseball fans. I know I just went off tangent there, but you want to see a quality product. You got to have everybody involved. So it it is, it, it is what it is right there, folks. But the Edwin Diaz stuff is just absolutely, it's sick. It's. Something that, as a Met fan, you you don't want to see, and it's almost like the the curse, if you will, uh, keeps on going on with the Mets because it's always like, oh, you think they're building up for something good? Nope, an injury happens like that. Oh, player's supposed to have a great year after signing here. Nope, he doesn't have a great year. So it's just typical Met luck again at this point. You know, it's just the way how it is, and injuries are a part of the game. And I'm gonna leave off like this. For, for the fans out there and for the people out there, they're saying, oh, this could have happened on an opening day situation. Jumping up and down after winning a game in March is the equivalent to having a play happen. Get the hell out of here with that logic. Get out of here with that. And that's why Met fans, and I see some of these guys being Philly fans, tweeting that out, and even you know being writers of for that were you know writing for the Phillies, screenshot them in, in this and put them in there. It just goes to show you, you know that whether or not if you're a Met fan, a Yankee fan, any type of fan, oh could have had. And then you look at that, that's such horseshit to actually take that opinion. 
and to see, you know, them in the World Series last year. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy how some logics of some logic of thinking is from that perspective. But it is what it is there. And then finally, we'll end the show on the J- Jason Dominguez uh, situation. A lot of people are pissed off about the fact that he went down. He was raking in spring training. The only way how he gets called up is if some catastrophic injuries happen or he keeps on raking down in the minors and he skips double A and triple A. You got to see what he has in store against other competitive talent out there, whether it's double A, triple A majors. You can't be throwing them in the, in the, you know, the majors. And then what if he has a, you know, a little bit of a breakdown in that sense, you know, Physically, he looks great, but mentally, he may he may go into a slump. You know, talk about the what ifs. He may go into a slump, and then what happens? Mentally, he ain't gonna get himself out of it. You know, sometimes you gotta play yourself out of it. But when you're young and you don't know any better, you gotta be developing yourself at that point in time. And also, too, it buys another year of team control. You don't want to burn that. So. He'll be up here within the next year or two, no doubt. I have no question about that unless he gets traded off for another starting piece, another starting rota- uh, starting pitcher. But I don't know, you know, what's going to happen out there with the whole left field saga. I don't know what's going to happen with Anthony Volpe here either. I think I still think that even though the guy's been playing well and he's been raking, I still think Cashman, I still think Boone, they're going to put him down in the minor leagues. And then once, you know, May 1st rolls around or sometime after May 1st, you're going to see Volpe up if this team is struggling. So I wouldn't mind seeing a youth, a little bit of a youth movement here, but you also got to look out for the player as well. And you got to see him develop. You can't rush him into doing anything. So I understand uh, that as well. All right. On that note, I'm going to get going. Enjoy the rest of your day. Do not get too drunk out there. Uh, It is St. Patrick's Day after all. Stay safe wherever you may be, and God bless you all. Peace 